Rabotai, B'Shem Hashem Naseh V'Nasliach, we are starting Daf Yud in Shabbat, uh, despite the world turning upside down, uh, Torah still goes on. Um, the one thing we know that's powerful in the world is learning Torah. We're having our class right now, upstairs in uh, Ketetzion. The building is locked. Um, we will be putting, of course, the classes out online for those who need it. There is a possibility of having small groups spread out for actual uh, classes as long as we're allowed to. As long as it's legal, we will be having them. Uh, because we know that Torah is the most powerful thing that protects us. We can't expect the government to understand the power of Torah. It's up to us to understand it. And therefore, as long as we keep our distance, right now at the room that we're in, um, somebody's six feet away from me, there's someone six feet away from him, and we're all in the room listening, we're taking precautions, we're not, we're not poo-pooing the seriousness of the coronavirus and spreading it. However, we are putting our faith in the Torah, and therefore we're not panicking. Welcome, Benjamin. Um, we're not panicking, we're here, we're going to learn, and Be'ezat Hashem, Hashem will help us to see the end of this trouble. We are now on Daf Yud Amud Alf. If you'd like to get a Gemara, uh, you have to find one Benjamin. That's a good spot for you right there, perfect. Says the Gemara as follows. Um, we are on the top of Yud Amud Alf. Um, Matkif, four lines down. We were discussing the Isur of saying um, the Isur of saying Arbit and Mincha. We have Arbit, I'm sorry. Arbit and Mincha, the difference that, that in Arbit, a person is not allowed to start a Seuda. Whereas by Mincha you are, even though Arbit might be a shoot. And we had two answers beforehand. Mat kifla Rav Sheta. Rav Sheta asked the question, Tirchuta lemimser hemena? Which means, we had said before, that once a person loosens his belt in anticipation of the upcoming meal, he has then started his meal, and once he has started his meal, that uh, makes him allow to continue the meal. Even if it goes into the time uh, of the designated tefillah time. So he's asking, is it a big deal to open your belt? How could that be considered uh, starting a meal? Oh, and the second question, why doesn't he just pray the way he is? Even if he did open his belt, let him pray the way he is. So the Gemara does not answer the first question, Tosso points out. Um... And the second, as regard to the second question, he says, because it says, get ready to greet your God, Jews. And therefore, it isn't proper to pray to God with your belt on, with your belt not done. This is the source where Ashkenazim have a gartel. If you notice, you've seen, sometimes you go to Ashkenazim, and they have this long, um, smoke, or like rope, goat. Long um, rope around their belt. Have a long uh, coat also. No? Long coat is something else, but the long rope that they wrap around Hasidim before they pray. This is the source. Hachun. Rava Baravhuna. 
Rami Puzmiki. Rabbi Barav Huna would put Puzmiki Umatsi and he would pray. Um, Rami Puzmiki uh, means he would put on his slippers and pray. Ahmad, he would say, Hachun lekrat elokecha. Person should get ready to greet God. Tosa points out that from here we see that if it's not Shabbat or Yom Kippur, one should always be praying with shoes on if possible. Rava Shadiglima Upacha Yade Umatse. Rava would take off um, his Adrato, uh, his Glima, his fancy item, and he would put his hands together and pray. Why would he do that? Because he said, it's like a, a, a slave in front of the master. When a slave comes to greet the master, he puts his two hands together and he stands there obediently waiting for direction. Similarly, when he's coming to talk in front of Hashem, he takes off his glima, which would make him look fancy, and puts his hands together. Okay? Amar of Ashi, Chazin alek lerav kahana ki ikat sa'ara ba'alma shadi glima upahari deumatze. I saw that Rav Kahana used to have a dual way to pray. When there was trouble in the world, he would shadi glima upahari deumatze, just like the previous rabbi did. He didn't want to look too chashuv, and he would put his hands like a, like an evid. But Amar, because he said. Like a slave in front of the master. When there was peace in the world, he would get dressed and cover up, and he would wrap himself, and why? Because then he says, in that time, in a time of peace, that's when you have to come in front of Hashem, dressed properly. This is an interesting story, how Rava, saw of Hamnuna that he was lengthening his tefillah. Amar, he said, You're leaving the world of everlasting life of Torah and you're going to do uh, temporary things like praying? How can you leave learning to go pray? Now, these words sound funny to us, to our ears. We thought that praying is awesome. But (coughs) Rava was... Disappoint, Rav, Rav was disappointed, Ramnuna, that he's just doing chayesha, temporary things. Rashi explains why they call temporary things. Because Torah and Tevilah is forever. And Chaya Olam is, is Torah. Tefillah is sort of chayashah, l'refu'ah, l'shalom, l'zun. What are we praying for? We're praying for, for Ashelimah, that's a temporary thing. We're praying for uh, shalom, that's a temporary thing. Mizonot, temporary thing. These are temporary things, it's only for this world. But Torah is forever. And therefore, if you're praying for something in this world, you take, you're taking too long in tefillah, Rabbi had a problem with it. Okay? One time, Rabbi Yirmi was sitting in front of Zerah, and they were, they were learning. They were late to pray. And Rav Yirmiya was hurrying up to stand up. Rav Zera said about Rav Yirmiya that he got up quickly from the class to go pray. If a person takes his ears away from listening to Torah, 
then even his prayers are considered an abomination, even worse. The first rabbi just told him, he was just telling him that you're leaving Chayesha'ah and lasting forever. Here, uh, you want to sit? You can sit right over there, Mr. Sen. We have a good spot. We have rules over here. We're following the proper rules. You missed the introduction to this class. We're following the rules, but we're still keeping Torah paramount. Okay? We're now on Dav Yud Amud Aleph. Um, yeah, about, about right before the wide lines. <clears throat> okay, so good. So therefore, he, he, he's coming an even stronger lesson. He's telling him, the first rabbi said, uh, listen, uh, you're leaving. Uh, the, what, what happened was a guy was pr- uh, learning, right? And he wanted to go pray. And the rabbi told him, you're going to leave. Learning is forever. Praying is temporary. You're just praying for temporary things. So he was giving him musad for, not, for, for praying too much. That was once. Now we have a case where the rabbi actually got up to pray. Got up early from a class. In a class like this, he said, oh, I'll be, let me go. He said, what, he, he, said, he said, if you get up and leave Torah to go pray, even your prayers aren't going to work. You think you're focusing on prayers more, and therefore you're going to at least get what you need. Guess what? Leaving Torah to go praying, even your prayer is not going to work. Very heavy stuff over here. Okay. Wow. Unbelievable. You see how important the Torah is. Yes. We had mentioned the Mishnah that once you start a judgment case, you're allowed to go past Mincha, but otherwise we're a problem just like praying, also a Din Torah. When do they start the judgment? When does the judgment start? One says when the Dayanim get dressed up for it. The other one says no, when the Baladinim, when the people in the class, when the the other one says no when the two parties start arguing. It's not a machloket. One is talking about when they're busy in the judgment, which means if they're already in the judgment, so Yanni, the rabbis already were, talking, were, were wrapped up and they finished one case and the new case came. So then, of course, it can't be when they wrap, it has to be when they start talking. And the other one, when in the first case of the day, it's when they get wrapped up. Okay? Rav Ami, Rav Asi, Havayatvi, Vigarsi, Beni, Amudi. These two rabbis were sitting uh, among the uh, pillars of the Beit Midrash and they were learning. Okay. And every hour, they would tapchia ibra didasha. They would bang on a bolt of the door. They would bang on the door. Va'amri and say, "Iika di leol veleti." Anyone who has a they, anyone who has a judgment, come come in and bring it to us. Rav Chastev Rabbi Rav Huna haviyatu bedina kuliyama. These rabbis were in judgment all day. Halakhalash lebayu. They were they they because they were they were busy in judgment all day. They got weak. Tanaluhu Rabbi Chia Barav Barav Midifti. 
So they told, this rabbi told the following, he knew that the reason why they're staying in judgment all day is because Moshe Rabbeinu did it as well. The Pasuk says that Moshe Rabbeinu stayed from morning to evening. So he's coming to explain that the Pasuk that you understood that Moshe Rabbeinu was doing all day is misunderstood. And I'll explain to you why. So he says, it says, Vaya'amod ha'am al Moshe mina boker ad ha'arev v'chitale al datacha shemoshe yoshev v'chidan kol ayom kulo you think Moshe would do it the whole day? Torato matay nasit. When, if Moshe did it all day, when would he learn Torah? Elo malach, rather come to teach you. Kol dayan shedan dinemet la'amito. Any judge who uh, educates a case la'amito correctly, afil shachat, even one hour it took him. Ma'ale ala v'kuluk ilu na'asa shutaf la'kadosh v'chu ma'aseh b'dashrit. He becomes like a partner to God in creating the world. Right? That, how do you know? How, how does he become a partner? What does that do with creation of the world, Binyamin? Ketiv ha'cha, one pasuk says, Hold on a second. Ketiv ha'tem, and it says over there, It says, by creating the world, it says, Okay, right? So therefore, since one says, by us, it says, it says, and by creation of the world, it says, and therefore, we have a Gizila Sheva. So, just like creating the world, Hashem did, so too, if you're a partner like Moshe Rabbeinu, and you judge correctly, you become a partner in the creation of the world. Now, how are you a partner in creating the world? Because the world only stands when there's justice in the world. Mishpat is the one of the one of the pillars of the world when, the, when things are corrupt. And the world, the world uh, goes down. Okay. Admatay Yoshimadin, how long should you stay in judgment? Until the time when you're supposed to eat. They're supposed to stay in judgment from the morning till they're supposed to eat. That's how long the judges should stay in judgment. Then they should take a recess. What's the Pasuk? It says, which is land that the kings are. Uh, fools, v'sarech, and the officers, b'aboker yochel, ashrecha eretz, shemalachech ben chorin, praise the land that the kings are free men, v'sarech, and the officers, ba'et yochel, and in the right time they'll eat, b'gvura, v'lo b'sheti, what does that mean, b'gvura v'lo b'sheti, b'gvura shel Torah, in the strength of Torah, v'lo b'shtiyah sheyayin, and not with drinking wine, so they're telling you that the right type of judges um, is a zechut for them. The first hour of the day, the only people who eat during those times are the cannibals. The second hour of the day, that's when the robbers eat. The third hour of the day, those are the people who are wealthy and inherited the heirs who inherited a big, uh, big number. The eight, the fourth hour of the day, ma'achal pouring that's for the workers. Hamishit for the fifth hour of the day, ma'achal kol adam. Yes, any is that so? Did that the fourth hour, not the fifth hour? After the sixth hour, it's too late. Then eating at that barn is like throwing 
a rock into a hamat, which means that it doesn't do anything to him. <coughs> um, Rashi brings two pshati. One is that it's bad for you, and the other one says that it's not helpful. When we said it's bad, that's only if you didn't taste anything in the morning. But if you ate something in the morning, that's not a problem. Person is allowed to pray in a bathhouse. Oh yeah? Made TV. So if you're in a place where if you're a place in the mikveh where everyone's dressed, then you could learn, pray, and definitely say hi to people and definitely put on tefillin. You don't have, we don't even have to tell you that you don't have to take over tefillin. You can even put on tefillin. If you're in a place where mix, some people are dressed and people are not. Then, yes, you could say hi to people. You say shalom to people. But you can't learn there. But you can't pray there. You don't have to take over to But you can't put it on the over there. Are we with me? Okay, again, if you're in a place where... If you're in a place where it's mixed, some people are dressed, some people are not mixed, you do not have to take off your tiffany if it's on, but you're not allowed to put it on there. Okay? And you can't pray there, okay? But you can say hi, and you can say shalom. You can say shalom. If you're in a place where everyone's undressed, and sham shalom, you can't even say shalom to anyone. I don't even have to tell you that you can't learn or pray. You have to take over there also. Definitely can't put them on. What do you want to know? The reason why there's a difference between some undressed and all undressed is because if you're in a place of all undressed, that is a place that's considered ugh. Here, in a place where some undressed, yes, this guy's undressed, but the place is not designated for being undressed necessarily. But in a place that's designated, that's worse. Okay? What? Yeah, like you, you, when you go to the mikvah, it's like there's one area where people, some people are dressed, and there's one area that no one's dressed. Okay? So more answers, oh, because again, we had a contradiction. Because Rabbi Adabar Abba had said you could pray in a, in a bit Menchatz. And here it's saying you can't pray. So it says, no, when did Rabbi Adabar Abba say his law? He said it, if it's, a, if it's an empty, if you have your own private bathhouse, that's when he said you could pray there. Oh, yeah? Says the Gemara, this that we said, that's, that's even if there's no people there. And and when we said that you, you can't do anything in a in a bathroom that you go to the bathroom in, right? Even if there's no number two there, still asur. Rather, Ach is not talking about one that didn't have anyone in it. He's talking one that was never used before. It was just designated as a bathhouse. And that's why he's saying you could pray there, because no one ever used it as a bathhouse before, and that's what he meant. Mm-hmm. But even that, even if it's just designated, Ravina wasn't sure about such a thing. Of course, it says, If there's an area that they designated as a new bathhouse, a new toilet, Ma, what's the law? Do we say yesh zimun? Do we say yesh zimun and therefore 
Zimun doesn't mean over here. Doesn't mean doesn't mean your zimun by Zimun means can you do? Do we say that it's it's designated now? And once you designate, even though no one went to the bathroom, it's asur. Or end zimun, or we say another zimun. Just so I designated. Nothing. No one went to the bathroom yet, and it's fine. It's still a toilet. It's, it's, it's there it wasn't a toilet. It's just a hole in the ground, huh. and they're just gonna use it. But no one used it yet. Do we say, well, they made it for it, you can't pray here? Yeah, or they say, nah, 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 come on, it's just all, when they make it, then we'll call it. Mm-hmm. Maybe nowadays it's better because there's no hole and it goes down the sewer. And- we had this in, we had this in um, Berachot. Some say yes and some say it's worse. Because they say that the, oh, when you, we had the Persian bathroom where it goes down, sorry, sorry, but, right? The Persian bathroom where it goes all the way down. And we said, we, we said, over there you were allowed to pray. And we asked, is the toilet the same? The toilet should be better. Because in the toilet it also gets flushed away. Right. We said, no, but in the toilet it stays there for a little bit. In the Persian bathroom it's gone right away. It rolls all the way, all the way to the bottom right away. It's better. Not necessarily. I'm going to say it is better because it goes... This, uh, my right, okay. Says the Right? <clears throat> and they didn't answer the question. So if they didn't answer the question, so how could you tell me? They're of Adabar Abba was talking about a new bathhouse. If they weren't sure about a and new, they're probably not sure about a bathhouse new either. Wouldn't it be the same thing about Merchatz that you wouldn't be, since they're not sure, you shouldn't be allowed to do it. law, no. Dilma, maybe I could tell you, Shani Betekiseh, Betekiseh is different. Dima'is. Because since Betekiseh, where they're going number two, it's disgusting, therefore even Hasmanah is a question. But by a bet by a sauna, where it's not going to be disgusting anyway. No one goes to the bathroom. It's just a question of steam and not proper. As long as no one went, then maybe everyone will agree that it's okay. Okay, that's what we're holding now. We are now on the two dots of Yud Amud Bet Rabotai. So far, so wonderful. Says the top of the Gemara, and Sham Sheilat Shalom. Before I start, guys, I just want to point out how lucky we are that we're here. We have to appreciate every single time that we're here. We might not be able to be here in the future. Baruch Hashem, right now, it's like a gizirah of the Romans. You can't get, can't get anywhere. You know? And Baruch Hashem, we're here. The Gemaras are open. We're all learning. It's a class. Baruch Hashem for this. Let's go. Enjoy every second. Okay. Inshallah, we'll be here for, yes, for seven years. Let's go. And Sham Sheilat Shalom. So we said before that you can't say Shalom in the bathroom. Says the Gemara, This is a proof to Rav Nuna. Mishmei Deula. The Amr who says, "Asul Adam Shitin Shalom LaChaverot Betem Lachat." Why? Mishum Shneimar, because it says in the biblical verse, "Vayikra Lo Hashem Shalom." Gidon said, "Hashem Shalom." So says the Gemara. Oh yeah, you can't say Shalom because it says, "Vayikra Lo Hashem Shalom." If so, Himnuta Nami Asulim Emar Betik. He said, "You shouldn't say the word Himnuta." In the in the bathhouse, why? Because it says Ha'el Haneeman. Since Hashem is called Neeman, and Himnuta means trustworthy, so just like Hashem is Neeman, so that means that's the name of Hashem also. Since they call Hashem Shalom, so they call Hashem Neeman too. Vichi Teiman. If you want to tell me, yeah, Hachinami. Maybe you say also you're not allowed to say the word Himnuta, uh, uh, believing believing in the bathroom. Is that what they have for the word hemruta, believing, or? Faithful one. Faithful. Can't say the word faithful in the bathroom, too. Maybe you want to say the word faithful as a sword in the bathroom. Va'amarav abarachasya. Didn't Rabbi Marachasya say, Amarav chama bargura, Amarav. 
Shadi Lememahamruta Bethki said, this is you're allowed to say the word faithful in the Bethki said. So therefore, don't tell me that you're not. How can you tell me it's a surah du shalom? If so, why do you tell me it's a surah shalom? Because it's mentioned next to the word name of Hashem. So is Naaman mentioned in the name of Hashem. And yet we know that the rabbi said you're allowed to say uh, faithful in the bathroom. Is everyone with me? Good. Hatam shem gufa lo ikri. When it comes to Shalom, that's the actual name of Hashem. Over here, when, they, when the Targum translates the word uh, Ne'eman, they, they, they translate it as Elaham Mehemna. So it's, it's like a pronoun. It's describing God. But it's not God's name, whereas Shalom is actually God's name, and therefore it's different. Says the Gemara, we are now at the two dots, about ten lines down on Yudom Bet, Baruch Hashem. Person who gives his friend a gift, must inform him before he gives it to him. You should inform him and tell him, I'm giving you a gift. So this way he could, Rashi explains, this way he could um, get ready for it, and he won't be, if he's embarrassed, you could convince him to take it. Why? as it says, Hashem tells us, if you look on the Pasuk, it says, uh, only, you must keep my Shabbats, right, so now it says, So it says, it says, you should keep my Shabbat, right? But you speak to the Jews, only watch my Shabbat. So since it says, you have to tell the Jews to keep Shabbat, because this is the sign, therefore, we see from here that you have to inform someone that you're going to get a gift. So the Gemara says, Hashem told Moshe, I have a very beautiful gift in my treasure house. And its name is Shabbat. We all know that Shabbat's a gift, of course. We just go on the, you're on the BQE on Friday afternoon and you say, wow, what a gift Shabbat is, right? Shabbat Shema, you see your, your friends, they're still, you know, you know they're going to still be on their Blackberry tomorrow, and you're, you're going into your beautiful gift. Mm-hmm. And he told Hashem told Moshe, I want to give it to the Jews. Go tell them. Therefore, you see, just like Hashem told Moshe to tell the Jews about the gift, so too, we have to tell somebody if we're giving them a gift beforehand. If you're about to give a piece of bread to a kid in the street, you see a little kid in the street looks hungry, you want to give him a piece of pizza bread? You have to tell his mother before you give it to him. How are you going to tell his mother? His mother's not here. He's a kid in the street. What are you going to do? Either put some uh, oil on his uh, nose or put some black on his eye. Like they put the baseball players put black under the eyes. How's that going to help? Then when they get home, the mother say, "Who put black on your eyes?" Oh, that was the guy who gave me the pita. Oh, someone gave you pita. Okay, so this is what you told the mother. 
right? Ve'aidna, but nowadays, de'chayish le'kishufim. Nowadays, people, if you put black on the kids, think they think you, they think you put a spell on the kid. What do you do now? My, what do you do? Amar Papa she'if le'me'otomin. Give him a little pieces, some crumbs on his hair, and when he, his mother sees the crumbs, where do you get food from? And he'll know where it is. Any is that true? I guess they were really dirty kids in those days. Okay. V'amar Abcham nowadays they wouldn't take it; they put you in jail for doing that. V'amar Abcham, I didn't Abcham Abcham Chanina. Hanotel matanah chaviro. If you give a matanah to your friend and tzarich lodiyo, you do not have to tell him. That's the opposite of what we just said. It says in last week's parasha, if I'm not mistaken, two weeks ago, that Moshe did not know that his face was shining. And that means that Hashem gave him a gift that his face was shining. And Moshe didn't know till he came down the Jews were running away from him. So you see that you can give someone a gift without telling them. Without <coughs> Yeah, you see, you could do it without telling them. You could surprise him. Because Hashem surprised Moshe. Right? Before we said you have to, now we say you don't have to. Question says, You want a law, Kasha. One is talking about something they're going to find out. Moshe Rabbeinu, when his face turns, shines, so he's going to come down and they're going to tell him. So I don't have to tell you because you're going to find out. But the other one, you're not going to find out. But Shabbat, everyone's going to find out about Shabbat. Well, when the Jews hear about it, they'll find out about it. Why are you saying Shabbat? They're not going to find out. They'll find out about Shabbat also. Why do you have to tell them about Shabbat? Says Yes, they're going to know about Shabbat. But they're not going to know how treasured it is and how much reward we get for Shabbat. And therefore, you have to tell them because otherwise they don't know. Yani, you give a guy a present, you don't tell him about it, he's not going to be able to make use of it. Rav Chasta had in his hands two gifts from a, a, an ox. You have to give, he was a Kohen. You have to give two things to the Israel, to the Kohen. He had two of them in his hands. And he said, Amar, he said, Anyone who tells me a beautiful thing I don't know in the name of the great Rebbe Rav, who was already passed away at the time, and the rabbi wanted to hear a story from Rav. He said, anyone who, uh, I have a, it's like offering a $200 present to anyone who gives you a, a, a shot that you heard from Rav, his Rebbe. Amalei Rav bar Mechasya, hachi Rav. Rav said the following thing. If you give a present to your friend, you have to tell him. Shnei mar l'dat ken yeshem mechadashchem. Yavanila, he gave it to him. Amar, he told him, he told him, you love the, the statements of Rav so much that you're willing to give money for the statements of Rav? He said, yes. So he told him, That's what Rav also said, that words, I will surround them with Preciousness. Is that how you translate it over there? What does it say? A garment of fine wool is precious to the one who wears it. Right. If a person has, a, a person gets used to wearing wool, milta is, is fine wool. So when you wear it, you, you love it. And therefore, since you're used to wearing Rav's things, it becomes precious to you. Now, Amalei told him back, Amarav, Haki, Rav said this, I like what you said the second thing more than the first one. If I had another, if I had something else to give you, I'd give it to you also. 
Now I have a question. Why does he want to give him something else? Who cares? What does he give it to him for? He said, I'll give you one per shot. I understand, but what does he want to give to you? I gave it to you for free. Did I come over to you and say, listen, Carl, nice guy. Yeah. Listen, you know something? Here's a phone. You want a phone? Okay, here's $50. Give me a phone. Okay, good. And you know something? Here's another phone. Would you ever say, oh, I wish I had $50 to give you? No. He gave me a free phone. Take a free phone. He gave it to him for free. Why does he want to pay for it? The answer is, he wanted to pay for it. Because the rabbis say, that when you pay for something and you work on it, then it's, you remember it forever. He's going to remember this shot forever because he gave 200 bucks in this Zorea Chaim and gave these two pieces of meat to, to the guy for, to, to, for the thing. He'll never forget it. If you tell, if you tell the guy, like, well, I want to hear what I heard from your Rebbe, I heard your Rebbe says, oh, that's very nice. And you walk away, you'll forget it in no time. You pay for it, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, you'll never forget it. That's why he told him, but that's a better shot than the first one and I wish I had money to give you why do I want to share it because I want to remember it forever mm-hmm. the things that Torah that you remember is yours and you never lose it Baruch Hashem we have here a time we're able to come here most people are not leaving their houses we're here most people are not learning we're learning and we're showing how much, how much we want it. the more you learn the more you get we're going to stop right over here Baruch Adonai Le'olam Amen ve'amen